Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Leslie. Hi, I'm Leslie, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Aaron, for asking me to speak. Um, I got a text earlier this week, and I paused because I thought, what can I say that would get me out of having to speak? And then I thought it would be really embarrassing to be here collecting the money <laughs> and, and say no to Aaron. So I'm grateful. I'm really, really grateful to be here. Like, all jokes aside, I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm so grateful for this program. Um, I've been in this program for three and a half years. I came in January um, of 2015. January 2nd was my first OE meeting, and I started my abstinence on January 21st, 2015. And my abstinence is no binging and no restricting. So um, it my you know, I, I wear my abstinence like a loose garment, and I've been able to, you know, work the steps and walk this road of recovery um, because I had the gift of desperation when I walked into these rooms. I was in so much pain, and I had tried everything else. I was listening to an OA podcast earlier this earlier today, and she read off this list of things that she had done before program to try to fix this thing, and I really, really identified. And I can tell you my list, but it's, you know, probably familiar to all of you, and you probably have your own story, but, you know, it includes um, doing Jenny Craig approximately six times, um, and, you know, seeking every guru, healer, nutritionist, therapist, you know, you name it. So I really thought hard outside of these rooms, um, and I'll talk about that a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm here to just tell you my story on what it was, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, I will say one other thing. So I, I've been talking to God today throughout the day just, you know, as I do, um, as I learned how to do here. And I, the word grace kept coming in, grace, grace. And, you know, we have a newcomer here tonight by that name. So um, I feel that that's my higher power, you know, speaking to me and letting me know um, that I'm just here to speak to the newcomer and um, to share experience, strength, and hope. Um, so I grew up in Michigan, and I grew up in a really adorable town that was very focused on the outside. Um, and, you know, my, my family um, was the same. You know, we, um, I grew up in a lot of chaos. My parents um, got divorced when I was 16, and for as long as I can remember, they really couldn't stand each other. And so there was just a lot going on in my house, a lot of ism. And um, 
You know, from a young age, I never really struggled with food or body. Like, the only thing I know about me with food when I was a little girl was that I really only wanted to eat white foods, and, like, I could care less about food. So it was, like, noodles and butter, that's what I subsisted on. And um, But I was in a normal body, and I really, really did not struggle. Um, I don't have memories of that. Um, but what I do have memories of was from, like, early adolescence when my older sister um, was overweight, and I heard how my parents spoke about that. And um, I was a middle child, super, super, super sensitive, and, um, you know, I took that on. Like, she was my older sister, and I really looked up to her, and so when she started going to the nutritionist, I wanted to go with her, and I went. And um, we had a lot of rules in my household about food and about eating. Um, and so there were, like, I think there were shelves that were labeled with food that was for our little brother. Um, and that was, like, all the junk. And um, so there was, like, a hierarchy. There was food that was good and there was food that was bad. And, um, you know, that was the world I was living in. And... You know, my dad would make breakfast for us every morning, which was really sweet, and he would make egg whites for my sister and me, and something, you know, like butter, butter cream cheese bagels for my brother, and then he would care, could care less about his food, and so we would eat his, too. Um, um, so that's kind of what it was like in that childhood experience, and so I picked up a lot of stuff, as I'm sure you can imagine, and... Um, by the time I was probably a young teenager, all like a little fuzzy to me, um, I had started thinking that there was this possibility that I could fix myself and fix my body and change my food and manage and control that. Um, and it really didn't kick in for me until high school. Um, my junior year in high school, I gained a bunch of weight. Um, and, you know, there was... There was an experience of trauma around that time, so I don't know if it was connected. You know, it's not my job to go digging for why in this program, like, you know, but there was there was definitely that. And, um, and so I gained a bunch of weight my junior year, and I did exactly what my sister had to do when she had gained a bunch of weight, which was go to that commercial diet program. And I was really successful at it because you're a teenager and your metabolism's awesome. And I probably lost that, you know, 20, 30, maybe 20 pounds um, really quickly. And I went to college in that new body, and it was great. Um, the other thing that I picked up during that early age was smoking. And so throughout college, it was like, you know, I can't, I don't remember college being like actively trying to manage and control my food um, my freshman year, but there was a lot of smoking, a lot of sleeping, not a lot of drinking because that was just never a part of my story. Um, and so, you know, eating one meal a day. And my roommate in college struggled with an eating disorder. And I remember like a lot of our days looked very similar and our food looked really similar. So, you know, not eating all day, um, having a meal at night and then eating a bunch of sugar. <laughs> so um, I went up and down in weight throughout college. I made one more stab at that commercial diet program in 
Atlanta where I was in college. I did it again when I moved to LA. So, you know, I really thought that like if I could just take that first Usually it was like about seven pounds that I would lose in that first couple weeks. Um, if I could, ju- you know, and then that stopped working. But if I could just do that, everything would be okay. And that's a big part of that is my story, you know. Like if I could just change my body, look great from the outside, that everything will be okay. And um, and there's got to be something outside of me that is going to do that. And all I have to do is figure that out, and it's going to be quick, and it's going to fix me, and then life will just, you know, do all the things that I want life to do. I'll get the, you know, the cash and prizes, the house, the boyfriend, the husband, the whatever. Um, and that that has been my story, and that was my story, as, as long as I tried to just fix the outside. Um, so I moved to L.A. after college. And I went to graduate school, and during graduate school, I had my self-esteem just took a huge hit. Um, I had been top of my class in college. I'd had a lot of fun. I'd smoked a lot of cigarettes. I'd, you know, been in a couple of different bodies. Um, and, you know, I got out here, and I was not top of my class anymore. You know, I was with all of those other people who were. And, um, you know, I struggled with that. Um, but the weight stayed off because I was still smoking and, um, you know, doing this, like, diet cycle, doing this, um, you know, I'd have periods, uh, you know, it's exactly what it says in the big book. I'd have periods of being able to, you know, restrict, followed by still worse periods of, of binging. And um, that, you know, it was just, like, that long cycle. So... I was always doing something um, to manage and control my weight, and I wanted to tell you about it. So it was like, and that was the shield, you know, that was the armor that I wore around. Like I, um, you know, would just, you know, before anyone could develop a thought about me or judge my body, um, I told them what I was doing to fix it. And so I was on the cleanse and the diet and the, you know, and I was doing all these things. And I was like, don't worry, I'm, you know, we're working this out, like me and whoever this outside person is. Um, and, you know, I, I really, I struggle with judgment. That is, you know, a part of one of my character defects. Um, but I, I learned it. I really I learned it and I came by it so honestly because my family of origin and specifically my mom, um, that's what it was all about. You know, it was all about it. I got a call this morning um, from my mom and she was talking about something she saw on Instagram and it's my friend and she was like, oh, she's doing this and she had made up this whole story about what she saw on, on social media as maybe some of you may, may know about. Um, and and I was like, wow. I had such compassion. I was like, wow, this is like what I come, this is what I come from is this judgment, this, you know, the outside stuff and um, how important it is. Uh, and, you know, above all else, like look good, make it look good, act happy. Um, and it came from, it came, that's, that's just what I came from. Um, so 
December of 2014, I had, again, put on a significant amount of weight, and I was looking for a solution, and I was seeking hard, and I was in a lot of pain. Um, I had, you know, gone, gone from job to job, apartment to apartment, relationship to relationship, and I, you know, I just, I was still out there looking and looking, and I had this girlfriend who... I had shared my latest cleanse with her not that long before, and uh, we, we, we would always identify about, you know, our food and body stuff, and I had done the cleanse successfully. It was a 30-day cleanse, and I had done it successfully for nine months, which is insane. Um, and she was like, I want to do what you're doing, and I gave her all the materials, and, and then months went by, and um, I saw her. And she handed me this little pamphlet, and it um, it asked all these questions, and it was like, are you a compulsive overeater? And I read through all the questions, and I was like, check, 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 check. Oh, maybe not that one. Check, 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 check. And so I was too, I had too much ego to ask her to take me to a meeting, but I went online, and I looked up this Overeaters Anonymous thing, and I found a meeting near me, and I went, and... I went to the newcomer portion of that meeting, and then I stayed for the big meeting, and I just was like, yeah, these are not my people. Um, <laughs> and I left because I just, I just wasn't ready, and, you know, that judgment is so big for me. Um, and so December 2014, I was getting dressed for a New Year's party. Um, I was not comfortable in any of the clothes that I had. I put on this black dress, black tights, and a black overcoat. And um, I still wear a lot of black today. But, you know, I so I put on this outfit, and I was like, this is the best I can do, and I'm going to go to this New Year's party. And I went, and I saw a family friend um, there, and he kind of pulled me aside, and he you know, now I can say, like, really inappropriately, he said to me, I can tell you're not happy, and I can tell you've gained weight. And I was mortified. Um, because I had this thing, you know, and I, but I thought I was keeping it a secret. You know, I really did. Like, I was ordering pizzas to my house and, like, barely saying hello to the delivery guy and then closing the door and plugging in my phone in the other room and being like, oh, it's charging. I can't, you know, speak to the world. I'm just going to sit here with my pizza and, like, cause so much harm to my body. And then I'm going to have to sit up while I'm trying to fall asleep because, you know, the food is, like, neck high. And um, so I – but I really thought I was, like, doing a good job of keeping it a secret. And so when he said that, I just – I was done, you know, I was done, and I was desperate, and I was in so much pain, and the next day was New Year's Day, and on January 2nd, I was on the phone with that friend, and we made plans to grab coffee, she was like, what are you doing right now, and I was like, nothing, so we went, and we sat down, and she walked up, and sat down in front of me, and I was like, what are you doing, she was so different, um, there was so much light, and she was one of those people who was, like, always complaining about something, and, like, she just had this hope, and, um, and I was like, what are you doing, and she said, I got a sponsor, I started working the steps in OA, and I said, take me to a meeting, and she said, great, there's one in, like, 
two hours. Um, and that is the gift and the blessing of being in Los Angeles. Um, because there's you're never more than a few hours away from a meeting. And location-wise, there's usually one within, you know, it's like Starbucks. Um, and so we went to a meeting that afternoon. And it was in Hollywood. I've never even been back to that meeting, I don't think. Um, I live on the west side and um, I heard something we were reading on the fourth step in the OA 12 and 12 and it was talking about perfectionism and it was like if you try to get this thing perfectly you will never start and I don't even know if that's what it says but that's what I heard and um, and that was like that's me you know and that runs deep in me too that perfectionism that you know wanting to just wow you and impress you and um and so I heard myself in those words and and then I was like okay what's the next meeting we go to and that was a I think that was like a Friday and she was like next Thursday we'll go to this meeting and so between whatever that day was and the next Thursday I was like okay I was still ordering the pizzas I was doing the things and I was like but it's going to be okay because I'm going to this meeting on Thursday and I don't know what it is, but it's just going to be okay. And so then I went to the meeting with her on Thursday. At that meeting, I saw another girl lost looking for the meeting. Um, She became one of my closest girlfriends in program. And she passed away about a year and a half later. And I feel so blessed to have gotten to know her and um, to connect with her on this deep level. Like, we connect with people here. And we form real bonds with people. Um, and it's amazing. So I went to that Thursday night meeting, and I, after that meeting, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna branch out. I'm gonna like look at this meeting thing, and and I'm gonna start going just whenever I can. And that was a lot, like almost every day. But I remember I called Jesse, and I was like, what do these numbers, these letters say next to the meetings? And she's like, oh, just ignore those. Just go. And you know. <laughs> But I just wanted to figure it out. You know, I wanted to know, like, what do you guys do here? Like, what is that? And I just, I wanted to have all the answers right away. And I will just say, like, if you're new, welcome. You do not have to have anything figured out. All you have to do is keep showing up in these rooms and let us love you and take care of you. And that's what happened to me. I was just loved and taken care of. And, um, you know, I... I started working the steps in this program. I I met my first sponsor in this room. I met my second sponsor in this room. And, um, you know, I just, I have been shown the most loving people who are so beautiful to me inside and out in these rooms. Um, It's amazing to me that I judged the people in in the program when I first got here. Um, So I came here. I heard somebody share um, they, she was taking a candle and she shared about the God-sized hole and that was something that I had been saying not knowing it was a program thing or anything like that it just I, that's what I felt I felt that there was this emptiness inside of me and that nothing was going to fill it and that not enoughness is a huge thing for me um, there's not enough love there's not enough attention there's not enough food there's not enough thinness, there's not enough money, there's not enough 
I can go on and on and on. Um, and so she shared about that God-sized hole, and I was like, got it. That's my sign. And I walked up to her with tears in my eyes, and I asked her to sponsor me, and she took me through um, steps one, two, three, and part of my fourth step. And I got a really beautiful foundation in these steps, and I really developed a higher power. Um, and that desperation became my greatest asset. You know, that weakness, all those places where I had sought and not found became my greatest asset because they gave me the willingness to just do whatever my sponsor asked me to do, um, to show up, to take commitments, to be of service, to work the steps, to be in the literature, to pray, to meditate, um, to reach out to other people. You know, she had me calling at least three um, people outside of her a day um, and making outreach calls. And my first outreach call that I received was somebody from this meeting. Um, And I just so admire how she would, like, run after the newcomers. And she called me, and I missed her call, and I was like, oh, my God. I missed your call. And now I realize, like, a big part of my program is, like, leaving these three-minute messages for people and listening to other people's three-minute messages. And um, so, like, you know, again, it was, like, I wanted to do it perfectly, and I wanted to do it right, and I just, you know, I learned I learned how silly it was. Um, I have worked such a messy program, and that has been God. Um, you know, I show up, I do my commitments and all of that, and I don't take any of it for granted. I'm so grateful. Um, But I worked the steps with three different sponsors. I changed sponsors in the middle of my fourth step. Um, I was in a relationship. I went through a breakup. I um, changed jobs. I moved. I mean, it has been a big, messy, beautiful um, three and a half years. And um, not the vision of perfection that I really had when I walked in, you know, it's like, I'm going to work these steps, I'm going to get this thing, I'm going to have this God, and then I'm going to be good, and I'm going to carry the message, and then, I don't, who knows, maybe I'll just be like a circuit speaker, um, you know, like, I don't know, like, what is the top? There is no top here, you know, there is no top, and um, so I think God's plan was, again, just for it to be messy and imperfect and um, rich with opportunity to you know, work my program and be a woman of grace and recovery. Um, So how I work my program today, um, I have a sponsor. I sponsor two beautiful, amazing women. Um, I make calls. I call my sponsor a couple times a week. I make outreach calls. I still try to make at least three outreach calls a day. Um, I came in and I got these, like, beautiful, amazing women who are still my God squad today, those of, those of them who have stuck around, and people do leave, and it's really hard, um, but the women who were here when I got here and who have stayed are a huge part of my life and, and my recovery, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, I moved to the West Side. And I got all these meetings that I just love and I feel so lucky to have and um, all these women in my life. And um, so I, you know, I do this thing. I do a nightly 10-step. My 10-step is um, five things I'm grateful for um, just generally. And then we added about six months ago five things I'm grateful for about my body, which is rough. 
um, five things I'm grateful or five things I did well and um, and five things I'm powerless over and um, the body stuff. so my food looked my food looked really crazy when I got here you know it was like I only knew how to diet or how to like really overeat and when I got here I kind of had this this amazing grace I don't know what it was um but I I got this I got this thing to just have three meals a day and live life in between and when I first started that was three really big meals um like big breakfast burrito for breakfast um, and I will just share about that because, you know, I was eating this thing and then I wouldn't get hungry for lunch until like 2 or 3 p.m. And then one day I had the ability that did not come from me to just eat half of it. And so like that gradual little progress has characterized how the food has transformed for me. It has not been big changes, you know, it is not you know, as much as I want it to be, you know, it's just not. It's little by little, inch by inch. Um, that's been my willingness. And usually my willingness comes from, like, hitting the wall with something, um, which means that I'm allowed to eat that thing until I hit the wall in my abstinence and then saying, like, this is causing me more pain than the joy that it brings me for two seconds and I'm willing to let it go for 30 days and I'll commit that to my sponsor. Um you know, and today it's still three meals a day, but it has opened up a little. I will say, like, in the past, I don't know, five months or so, where, like, a snack has made its way into the to mix, the mix more more days than, than not. Um, and that's okay. Um, so, I... I guess I ran out of stuff to say, so I guess that means it's time to stop. But I love this program. I know, like, congratulations to all the chip takers. I love seeing people come in here with the light and, like, knowing that it's going to be okay. Like, there are some people who have come in and who have taken chips tonight who are excited and on fire about this program, and I really, I relate because this program is a miracle. It has completely transformed me from the inside. Like, there is a quietness and a peace and an ability to, you know, have solutions for things that used to baffle me um, that I did not have. And that has developed over time um, and through working the steps and being rigorously honest. Um, and I just, I recently just started the steps over again. Um, and that is amazing. It's amazing to be in step one and to just continue, you know, just continue to peel back new layers of the onion. And um, like I said, there's no top. There's no, like, you work all 12 steps and then you're, you know, you've made it. Like, I was reading in the 12 and 12 too, like, there's not a clear answer of yes, you know, like, do, do has, is all the food stuff sorted out? Like, I don't know what the exact wording is. And it's yes and no. You know, and we just keep going. We just keep going. And um, so I'm continuing to trudge. Um, I'm continuing to learn daily, to be humbled daily by this thing, um, to recognize my powerlessness in new ways, um, to recognize my higher power in new ways, to connect with that higher power in new ways, 
Um, I really, I have no idea what my higher power looks like, so don't ask me that question um, because it's a popular one here. But I have no idea. All I know is that, like, I am continuing to seek, you know, I'm continuing to reach for that higher power. And I do that by having conscious contact. And some days I do and some days I don't. But the more I ask God what his will is for me and for for the courage and the power to carry that out, the more I'm surprised by life, the more life gets better, um, the more my relationships get better, the more my relationship to food gets better, and the more freedom I have. So thank you for the gift that this program has given me. Thank you to the women who've walked side by side with me. Thank you to those of you on the podcast. I love you. I am so grateful that we have this podcast. I, too, listen to it all the time, even though I'm at this meeting every week. Um, I think that is such a miracle and a gift. I was the podcast person, and I've gotten calls from all over the world from people who listen to this thing. So I'm humbled by the just the ability to get to carry the message tonight. And um, I love all of you. Thank you. We have time for questions. Okay. And I try to repeat the question. So I talked about keep coming in and people loving me until I could love myself. Until I could love myself. And is there a point at which I started feeling like I could give that love back? Um right away um the love to myself is a is a complicated one you know it is um but the love to others and to feel to like I walked in here and I was like these are my people like without a doubt I'm in another 12-step program and it took me a while to like really see myself and the other people in the room when I came into OA and I heard you share so openly and intimately about what you did with your food and what you thought about your bodies, I identified. And I was like, you're my people, and I love you, and I want to, like, hang out with you all the time. And um, and I still feel that way to this day. And I, you know, the real act of that is getting to sponsor women and getting to hear them be open and honest and, you know, have recovery work through them and to get to love them even when, you know, they do things that you wouldn't want them to do or whatever. Like, there is this this love that we have for each other. And so I felt that. I really, really felt that. And I felt embraced by that. And I felt compelled to, to share in that with others, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, do I ever have moments of inertia when I don't want to? Okay. Don't want to do the ten step. Don't want to make the call. Don't want to go to a meeting. Don't want to show up. I totally, I totally do. Um, in fact, last night. I was comfortably in bed. I was watching a great reality TV show. And my eyes were getting really heavy. And I was like, I just won't do my 10 step tonight. I'll just send it in the morning. And I was like, I'm speaking tomorrow. 
So I did that 10 step and I got to say to her, like, I, you know, did well. I wrote this 10 step when I really, really didn't want to want to and was really, really tired. Um, so I don't know. God does for me what I cannot do for myself. You know, um, I don't want to be out there. I do not want to sign up for another commercial weight loss program. I can tell you that much. Because I don't want the incomprehensible demoralization of getting on a scale and having somebody make a judgment about that or write that down and tell me what that means about me. I don't. I had that. I did that. I mean, the last nutritionist I signed up for and paid a lot of money to, I got on the scale in front of him and he laughed. And he was like, oh, looks like you had a fun vacation. Like, I don't want to sign up for that ever, ever again. And so God does for me what I cannot do for myself. And I do it imperfectly. Yes. What is my relationship with the scale today? I don't have one. <laughs> um, I And I will just say, I see an amazing doctor who I met right before I came into OA. This is a true story. I saw her. I was. I went to her because I was convinced I had a medical problem that was causing my weight to come on. Um, and she and I cried to her. And I went to see her again a year later. And she was like, "What's going on with you? Like you just seem lighter." And it, I had come into OA, and I told her about it. And she, to this day, like refers some of her patients to Overeaters Anonymous because she saw the shift in just my insides. Um, and so I told her that I don't want to know my weight. And so every time I see her and I go to annual checkups and I do all that stuff to care for my body, um, she just knows She just knows we don't talk about it. Um, she puts me on the scale backwards. She waits till the number's off the screen. She writes it down. She doesn't accidentally repeat it out loud. And it just, that's what my relationship is today. I can't say that it will be that way forever. But for today, that's what I do. What helps me stay motivated to eat three meals? Okay. Um, you know, I try. I, I, I have the freedom. That's just my food plan. It's not my abstinence. So I have the freedom to do whatever I want, right, with my food. But I've had a few experiences where I haven't had three meals or I've, you know, raised different snacks during the day or I, I, rem I remember specifically one trip early on in that three meal food plan where I didn't eat a good breakfast and then I ate snacks on an airplane and then I, there were bags of chips around because we were at a birthday party and I had some of those and then I just by the end of the day felt terrible and I called my sponsor and she was like okay that was today tomorrow why don't you try three meals again and see how that feels and we can sort of talk about it and compare and so it's not um, I don't have to be motivated in the same way. Like, it's not something that I have to do. It's not a diet or a weight loss plan. It's just, you know, what increases my peace and gives me sanity and serenity. Like, reaching into a bag of things or a box of things is not increasing my sanity and serenity. Um, you know, and usually that's what, that's what snacks are to me. I know in this program, a lot of people, snacks are a piece of fruit or whatever, and, and everyone works it differently. That's the thing. Everybody does it differently. But for me, it's not motivation. It's just like I know the pain of the alternative, and so I seek the peace of that plan. 
to attend. Yeah, quick. Yeah. Have I been able to set boundaries with my family and friends? I mentioned all these people sort of chiming in on um, <laughs> the long answer. Um, I, you know, I, yes, I, the, the short answer is yes. Um, I have a different experience with other people today, but not because I actively say, hey, let's have a talk. Let's have a big discussion. And here's what I'm willing to hear from you, and here's what I'm not willing to hear from you. Um, you know, I, I, through the grace of this program and the other program that I mentioned, which has really catapulted this ability in me, um, I just address things in the moment, usually with like an ow, ooh, you know? Um, and I just don't, I don't feed into that today to the best of my ability. Like, I don't make room for that type of behavior. And, but it's all been God doing for me. It has not been me actively out there being like boundaries lady. Um, um, so, thank you. Thank you.